You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. So, Roger, today, the film that we've chosen, you and I, is Wonder Woman 84. Right. Scheduled to be released many times by Warner Brothers. We've been kept hanging. Let me remind you, Roger, the journey of Wonder Woman 84. Okay. First release date, December 2019. Then this was changed because of the Star Wars release I was clashing. It was then say, oh, actually, what we'll do, we'll bring it forward for you lovely fans to November 2019. Then they said, actually, now we've got a few things to sort out, so we'll release it in June 2020. But actually, uh, now we're going to do is push it till August because of the pandemic. Actually, do you know what? It'll be October 2020. So. Um, according to the latest news, the world premiere, which will be across, is, you know, as far as we know now, October 2020. Oh. For a project of any kind, whether it's marketing, film, or whatever, this is not great, is it? No, no, no. I mean, will it ever get released? Well, the problem that you have, Roger, is that now you've got so many movies all piling up near the end of the year. I mean, I did a bit of um, a bit of a, the recce, but you know, you've got so many movies now. You've got Mulan, you've got Dune, you've got Bond Twenty Five, got Bill and Ted Face the Music, you've got Black Widow, you've got Kong and Godzilla, you've got West Side Story, the remake by Steven Spielberg, which is really anticipated, and Tenet as well. Or- yeah, you're right, yeah. Uh, and and a few others out there. It's going to get a bit crowded, and I hope it does. I'm a fan. Are you? Yeah, definitely. I want to see it. I want to see it. Do you know, I mean, I can remember the TV series of Wonder Woman um, from back in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, can't even remember what the actri- actress was called that played Wonder Woman. But I'll... Linda Carter, that was it. That was it. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself a slap for forgetting that. But it, it was always that sort of she'd, she'd, she'd have a look round and she'd do the little twirl and the the big bang and the explosion, a really cheesy special effect. And, of course, she changed into Wonder Woman. Um, it's funny because I knew we were going to talk about Wonder Woman this week. I, I actually went to see if I could find any old episodes on YouTube. And uh, I came across, uh, it was an episode from the third series, which was actually broadcast in 1979, believe it or not. And it was called The Phantom of the Roller Coaster. And, and I actually remember watching that as a child vividly, because obviously she it takes place in a theme park. But now I'm a geek, of course. What I hadn't realized is that the, um, that the majority of the theme park footage that was included within that episode was actually lifted from a different feature film which was called Roller Coaster which which um was which starred George Siegel who was one of my favorite character actors from that time and and as a result of that my wife and I searched out for Roller Coaster the film and watched that the other night and it was great to see it and of course 
all of that footage that ended up in Wonder Woman was originally in that film. And that roller coaster film was was filmed in sensor round. And if you ever went to the cinema, they had a tiny little vibrating microphone in, in each seat just to make you feel as if you were actually on the roller coaster. So that was a little bit of a tangent, but bring it back to Wonder Woman now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, through again, uh, I, I we watched a series in France, uh, I would say the early 80s, mid-80s. Yeah. Mid I mean, all, all bit they were filmed, you know, from the mid-70s to the late-70s. I think the popularity of the TV series carried on for well into the 80s. And yeah. I wonder whether... Cause, I don't know about you, I wonder. I wonder <laughs> why they chose 84 for Wonder Woman. So uh, as a reminder, the original character, I think, even around the Second World War, yeah. um, for a reason which I think was around not clashing with the Marvel Universe, mm -hmm. the Wonder Woman of 2017 was in the First World War, and that yeah. would go straight into 84. And, and I always kind of wondered why 84. Do, do you have any views or insight into that? I, I can just, the only reason I can think is there's, there seems to be a little bit of nostalgia for the 80s at the moment, doesn't it? Doesn't there? Uh, I, I don't know whether it's a, a 30 years in the future thing. Uh, it's a bit like we were talking about Back to the Future last week and the, you know, Back to the Future 2 came out and then 30 years later was 2015. There seems to be that 30 year thing, doesn't there? So 30 years ago, ish 19, 19, 1984 1985 a bit more than 30 years but it's around there there's that just that nostalgia for shoulder pads permed hairstyles you know um vivid colors uh and it it, it just feels v very wonder woman-y to me I think also from a uh, design, film design, but also marketing design point of view, that mm -hmm. gave them so much to choose. I mean, I have to tell you, I really, really connected with the artwork of the posters, yes. teaser content. Yeah. So as a reminder, Roger, you know, the trailer actually was released December, early December 2019. Yeah. That, you know, almighty um, music. Uh, remind me again, because I know you're a big fan. What was the music they used for the trailer? Blue Monday. That's right. By New Order. I mean, can I, can I, I just stop you there? Please, I've got, I've got a bit. I've got. I've got a surprise for you, Pascal. Yeah, I'm just going to reach down here. This, can you see this? Yeah, that means DLP, okay. is it? Yeah. Now I tell you what, because some of you will be watching this, so you can see. Some of you will be listening to this. This is this is the original pressing from 1984. The original pressing of Blue Monday. And it was it was it was only ever released as a single, but it was only ever released as a twelve inch single. And it, and it's got this very, very iconic design. It was almost like a floppy disk. Can you see the yeah? So you take it out inside, and there you have it. I dug this out specially this morning. Blue Monday, the original pressing. Uh, well, if anyone of you are listening audio only, you may want to just you know fast forward to this bit to see um, you know the, the LP or the twelve inch. Of course, if you're over the, uh, uh, under the age of thirty, you have no clue what Roger's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I was—I did think we should play the music on the podcast, but then we'll get a copyright strike, so we can't do that. <laughs> uh, even if we try and claim the fair use uh, <laughs> uh, angle. But I remember when the trailer was released. So, uh, Roger, every Saturday morning, um, I have a routine where I go on YouTube, and there is a channel called Kino Check. 
Yeah. But they, they do essentially a compendium of the trailers of the week or whatever. And I watch that. It's my way. Uh, sadly, I don't buy magazines anymore. Maybe I should go back to those. Back in the days, I used to buy Total Film and Premiere and all that kind of things. So when the Wonder Woman kind of landed, I watched it and I put the sound so loud because that track, you know, just made it. So, so I think it was a wonderful design. So the reason I'm saying this, Roger, is I feel for the marketing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, not only do you have to keep cancelling and whatever, and I know that when it comes to the fans of both DC and Marvel Universe, there's a mountain of goodwill and so on, but you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. Um, so to, to give you an idea, they've been promoting and talking about Wonder Woman 84 since 2018. Yeah, uh, every year at the San Diego Comic Con, it's almost like a ritual, yeah, for all the big kind of um, uh, geek style movies. You know, they talk about it. Then there's all the press. You can imagine, that, you know, year after year, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, of course, apart from the trailer, we've had nothing. Even though at early March, you know, there was already the start of the pandemic, the Warner Brothers studio still went ahead with the campaign. Now, I didn't see the campaign. I just obviously researched it. But in the US, they had a hashtag 84 to WW84. So they did the 84-day countdown to the release of Wonder, Wonder Woman back at the original date yep. of uh, what have been June, I would suspect, from March till uh, 84 days later. So that Twitter campaign obviously still went ahead and led to nothing. There's just, you know, something something off. Now, the reason why I have some faith about October 2020, to take your, your point earlier, is that every year, October is, on the 21st of October, is Wonder Woman Day, which I know you yeah. partake yeah. Uh, with your yeah. very special outfit. Now, as, as you know, <laughs> why 21st? Because legend would suggest that this is when the character was first released uh, in a comic book format. So I'd like to think that to give the marketing uh, team something, you know, a hook, I think they need to go for the t- that 21st of October uh, if, if they can at all. I think I hope so, and and I agree with you. There are too many films getting postponed now, and we're, we're building up to you know. Is it better to launch a film, I don't know, direct to video or direct to streaming, and find some way of making it more more profitable? You know, charge people thirty quid to watch it, like you would if it was a family going to the cinema, because surely it can't be good for the studios to all of a sudden be launching seven or eight blockbusters over the course of a few days because that will that will eat into their revenues anyway so you know yeah, it would because i mean I the idea, i don't know what the solution is i don't know because i mean of all the movies i've listed earlier i'd love to see all of them but i'm not going to go to the movies 10 times in the space no. of um, two, three months, rest of the year, so we're gonna have to make decisions. But you're right. Maybe they could do a bit like uh, of the the Star Wars, you know, when it was released in the 70s. If you buy the family tickets, you get the streaming, you get a copy of the Blu-ray. Now there could be a pack, a family mm. pack, where they could really um, make it a sense of again a sense of event. But um, it is it is a concern about uh, you know these delays and and what it means to. The, the willingness for the audience to go and because the danger Roger as you're pointing out is this which is I'll tell you what then I know it's other movies but I'll still wait for it to be streamed so in fact they've gained nothing yeah absolutely right absolutely right now I, I, I'm like you I think I would be prepared to pay you know cinema prices to watch Bond 25 at home 
as opposed to having to wait another year. I, I don't want to wait another year for Bond 25. I want to see it. So I'll happily pay the going rate. So, you know, studios, come on. Let's get let's get it out there, please. And just out of interest, you would pay to own the uh, the copy, the digital copy on your on Netflix or on Amazon Prime, whatever. Yeah, but you know, at the moment, you know, you can you can rent a video on iTunes or something like that for nine ninety nine. Now that's fine. I could I could invite fifty of my friends around and we could watch it for nine ninety nine. They need to come up with some way of of replicating the revenue that they would get from a cinema where fifty people would pay nine ninety nine. Uh, but I'd be happy with that. I'd be absolutely happy with that as long as I got to see the film this year. <laughs> absolutely. So. <laughs> Regarding with regard to this uh, segment, film marketing and Wonder Woman eighty four, I I really really like the campaign that yeah. they've put in place. It's just heartbreaking for them and for the fans that it's not pulled through. But you can't fault you know the the um, the presence at events such as Comic Con and so on. So really engagement with uh, with the audience, their social media campaigns with their hashtag eighty four to WW eighty four, yeah, styling. And the the, you know, the the crafting of the imagery, and the trailer, and the music, and so on. There was just some 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 really some some good work there, because on balance, is it fair to say that the DC universe is not as popular, or forgive me, not as successful as the Marvel universe in general? I don't know, Pascal. I don't know. Um... Personally, I feel that the the Marvel universe is, to me, has become a bit overbearing. Um, I, uh, my wife and I did watch Aquaman not so long ago, and we realised in the first twenty minutes we hadn't a clue what was going on. We thought we were coming to this film completely fresh, um, but of course you had to have watched, and we'd missed a couple of the films that led up to it. So we felt that that impinged upon our enjoyment. So possibly DC's got a bit, bit of an advantage because they're earlier in their life cycle and people maybe find it a bit more accessible. Whereas if you want to watch the latest Marvel film and you haven't watched the previous, goodness knows how many there are now, you literally have to go back like you would go back to the first episode of Game of Thrones. You have to go back to the original and work your way back to date. I think that's that's a very very fair comment. I always felt as well that DC tended to be um, more kind of adult and listen to me. I'm talking about superheroes, people yeah. flying around in capes <laughs> and so on. But I think the manner with the storylines and, the, and what they explore was always a little uh, more darker. Yes, uh, as opposed to Marvel, which is you know this is a family outing. Marvel's yeah, family yeah. outing. Um, I mean, if you think about it, you know, one of the surprise success, I wasn't surprised, but the the critics were surprised by the success of Joker, mm, uh, mm. which is obviously part of the, the DC universe. Mm. And they, they were even tempted to go for a sub-brand DC Dark to yeah. be able to do things like Joker. And um, so, so I think, you know, the... Wonder Woman will have it has its audience. It has an audience, I think, which is back to people used to watch in the seventies or grew with it. I think there's some great message, always will be, but some great messages through this this character. But um, yeah, I'm sure that whilst you and I are kind of discussing it uh, from the comfort of our homes, there must be some tough meetings at Warner Brothers HQ. I'd love to visit one day. And, uh, you know, well, we wish them good luck and we, we just hope that October is it and there's no more delays and pushbacks. I'm with you on that, Pascal. 
And thank you so much for listening and watching Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe and leave your comments in the usual places. He was Roger Edwards. I was Pascal Fintoni. Until next time, go out there, make sure your marketing is done right. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates. 